Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm trying to get my computer to work. It froze up on me, Todd. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's not So I'm good. trying to restart it right now, because <laughs> I need to get my text line open, because I need to hear from listeners who are, who are going to have questions for Todd Mulliken, who's my guest this hour. We're going to talk about passivity. I think that's an interesting topic. We've talked about passive-aggressive behavior, uh, but we're also uh, going to focus on this passivity, which is can be very troublesome. Todd Mulliken mm-hmm. is a counselor. Uh, an author and professor, and uh, you can learn more about him at toddmulliken.com. Todd, welcome. Thank you, Bill. And Happy New Year to you. Thank this you so much. Yeah. I want to talk about uh, passivity because as we start the new year, we always want to uh, tackle new uh, adventure, tackle new uh, challenges, and sometimes we want to make relationships better, and we, we don't want to be passive. <laughs> we don't. We want to be no. intentional and... Honest and everything else, right? That's so good. We do. Now now you talk. (laughs) (laughs) Passive behavior is very, very common. You know, when we talked about um, passive-aggressive behavior, we were mentioning that's really probably the most common form of aggressive behavior is a passive way of doing it more indirectly. And I think we find in general, if we had 10 people in the room, how many would be aggressive generally in their behavior? How many would be passive-aggressive how many would be assertive, which is the healthiest kind, and how often would people be more passive in orientation? And I'd say at least a third of the time, at least, people have more of a passive orientation where they're more apt to be a bit inhibited. And, you know, Bill, sometimes even right away in life when we come out of the womb, we have some people that are more like, let's go, and we have some people that are more... Uh, you know, it's, life's kind of difficult and they're, they're, they're colicky, if you will. And mm-hmm. we have some people that are a little naturally inhibited, just naturally. So we have our natural disposition that, you know, God, you know, has within us and there's strengths and weaknesses with all kinds. Um, and so sometimes people that are a little bit more inhibited, I'm not sure if I want to jump into that pool. I don't know. Uh, maybe I want to think first before I try that. You know, probably think and then think twice and then maybe try it versus I'm going to try it, then think, <laughs> right? And so there's a, a lot of us that are more passive in our orientation, in our behavioral style, and that has some strengths and weaknesses to it. Mm-hmm. I find this topic fascinating. I hope we can uh, learn what, what more about passivity today. And if you have a question, I know many listeners were very interested the last time we you were on because... I had a listener say, could you ever do a whole show on passivity? Mm. And I thought, I bet we could. Yeah, for so sure. We'll, we'll, see, we'll see how the hour <laughs> see goes. How it goes. Right. Yeah. But if you have a question for Todd, you can send it over on the text line. It is open, 877-933-2484. Again, 877-933-2484. Todd, when you talk about um, being reluctant to try or you think about it, and doesn't that turn into paralysis by analysis? We we call it rumination in my field, where we have the tendency to hop into the 
house of what if and then ruminate and rethink and redo in our mind and rehearse it in our head first and well, if I try this, what if this happens? Or if I try this, what if that happens? And so the rumination wheel uh, can get busy. And when that happens, it tends to lead to fixation. It tends to lead to overthinking. And it is, as you said, become kind of the paralysis analysis. Yeah. And so it's a very common form of behavior. And one of the key headlines is rumination. So when we find ourselves really working through it in our head and then coming to a place of understanding, but then going, I don't know, and then rethinking and rethinking and playing not to lose, if you will, mm-hmm. or more on our heels versus our toes, uh, that's usually when we are kind of in the the eye of the storm of passivity, which usually leads them, Bill, to a general avoidance of difficult situations. So if you're doing all this ruminating, Todd, are you doing it because I'm not going to say anything Say anything until I believe when I do say something, it will produce the best response? Yeah, that's <laughs> so good because... Well, go ahead, sir. No, no. Yeah, I was going to say, I think what happens for most folks is, especially passive folks, we're way too defined by how it goes, right? So if I'm I'm praying about something, I want to really seek God's will in this situation I'm in with a family member. How do I go about this? I want to really honor what God has for me in this. Let's go. But, you know, uh, I always tell people that are more passive, you know, get all over Romans twelve nine, which is love must be sincere. So I'm being sincerely honest about something I've been keeping inside for a while. I just want to bring it toward. I've been avoiding the mess. And my therapist, Todd, says if I avoid the mess, I carry the mess. And I kind of have been. I've having panic attacks lately. And I'm kind of my body's taking too much on. So then when we try to address the mess and it doesn't go well, then we think we did it wrong, or we think maybe even we're outside of God's will because it didn't go well. So to your great point, Bill, a lot of times the passive person will you know, create a scenario in their mind of how it's likely to go, and if they're running into a difficult situation or a difficult person, it's likely not to go swimmingly well. It may create more uh, difficult processing and um, difficult conversations. So then they would tend to more avoid that and not address that. Mm-hmm. And again, it doesn't mean passive people have to learn how to address every single issue 24-7. It just means they have a tendency to avoid most issues 24-7, mm. uh, whether it's a nickel and dime issue or a really big one. And th- then the avoidance becomes more of a comfort, if that makes any sense. I'm just avoiding it. I'm kind of giving that to God, which is good, but I'm avoiding it and not kind of coming forth with the primary type of behavior that we really see Jesus modeling, which is more of an assertive behavior, which is honest, it's integrous, it's empathetic, it's inviting, but it's clear and it's more direct. But so I want to help those passive people today that are um, kind of wrestling with that passivity just to know like, hey, you are in good company. A lot of people battle that. And also, if you are like somebody that's maybe more of a direct person and you're married to somebody that's more passive, you know, just an extra measure of grace today towards her or him about like they have their own kind of battle 
internally that they go through uh, as they're trying to sort things out, as they're trying to figure out what would be best to say here. They're more apt to think, rethink, and then perhaps say something at some point versus say it out loud and then let's process it after we've said it out loud. Mm-hmm. So, Todd, one of the first questions that have come in is, please define passivity in detail. A clinical one, please. Yeah, well, you know, so there's no real clinical diagnosis of passivity, but when we think of passive behavior, we're really looking at the idea that we are actually giving up the right towards ourself. Does that make sense? So passive behavior is, you know, when some, someone really is gives up their own rights and uh, directly or indirectly, if you will, kind of gives to the right of another person. Uh, a passive behavior is more apt to say, I lose, you win. And, you know, as a Christ follower, that can be a little tricky, can't it? Where we are supposed to be for the other and we're supposed to, um, you know, acknowledge that, like in Philippians 2, like think of some, you know, think of others better than yourself, right? So we're not like trying to create a haughty framework. So the clinical definition of passivity really is about an avoidance style of behavior that gives up their right. They're more apt to say something like, hey, we can do whatever you want. Your ideas are probably better than mine anyway. And it's more of that deferring, deferring, acquiescing, avoiding. And that's more of the clinical piece to it. Now, it can become more clinical, Bill, when the passivity leads to actual depression or low energy or a clinical form of anxiety where the passivity's roots is in deep kind of fear or restlessness that can take a hold of somebody. So mm. the, the passive behavior can be a form of anxiety or depression. Mm, very interesting. Todd Mulliken is my guest. We're talking about passivity. If you have a question, let me know what it is. Text it over 877-933-2484. We'll take a break and be right back. Tech problems? Okay, here's something exciting. When you sponsor a child with the Ministry One Child, you are linked with a boy or a girl who will know you by name and treasure the thought that you care. Most of them will pray for you daily. And if you write them, they'll write you too. The child you sponsor will receive not only educational assistance, but supplemental food, clothing, healthcare services, and opportunities for personal love and encouragement, and most of all, the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cost is just $39 a month. That's just a little more than a dollar a day. You can't necessarily change the entire world, but what if you can change the world for one person? Sponsor a child now at MyFaithRadio.com. Blessings on your day. I hope you are um, having a good day. I'm glad you've joined me. And we've got Todd Mulliken, who's a counselor and an author and professor. We're talking about passivity and some of the great questions from you awesome listeners are already coming in. For example, this question, Todd, um, could you discuss the particular problem or tendency that Christians have to be more passive or nice and not address issues when they should? Yeah. I can, and I think the first 
step really is saying, what is the truth about our general style of communication, right? What is generally how God has made me, you know, what do I notice about my tendencies? So if I have a general tendency to be assertive and share what I'm feeling, and then when I'm maybe a little bit stressed out, I go more too aggressive where I'm not, I'm not taking into account the rights of the other human or thinking of how they might be impacted by what I say, then I'm probably going to be erring more on that side of, you know, being really comfortable with the truth, but maybe bringing it in a way that's not all that healthy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whereas if I'm generally more of a, you know, a think first person or somebody that really is assertive and in a way that's like generally kind and for the other, but asserting like, hey, how do you see something? Here's how I see it. But then under stress, I go in and I start to become frightened and I don't want to cause problems. I feel like sometimes, at least for me, when I do that, I can incorporate my faith language into that as more of an escape. Hey, one of the fruits of the Spirit is long-suffering, right? So I'm just long-suffering versus like, well, you know, Jesus didn't turn the other cheek to the Pharisees. He actually spoke what is true and was real and was authentic and brought it, right? Mm -hmm. So how am I making sure if I am more of that person that is always... Uh, seeking to understand, which is a beautiful gift, you know, and and being nice, how am I also being honest about something that's difficult, right? And I think that gets us to that 50-yard line more. But I also need to know if I am that person that's already saying what's on my mind regularly and not minding creating a, creating a bit of a hailstorm, then maybe I need to take a step back first and and think first before I speak. So I do think... When that person's asking that, the first question is is kind of go in the film room with the Holy Spirit and kind of watch the films of the day. Like, what do I notice about how I'm operating in my relationships? What do I see there? And have the Spirit of Truth just kind of sit with you and look at that and watch the films of the day, if you will. And then notice what your tendencies are. Mm-hmm. And then we can go from there. But I do think this, the listener is absolutely right. Like, in general... Uh, for those of us that are assertive naturally or more passive naturally, and we are a Christian, we might sometimes err on the fact of not <clears throat> bringing something to the table that's difficult because we think that's really not a really Christ-like thing to do. Where I would offer it is a Christ-like thing to do, you know, because we just look at the model of Jesus and he did both. He came full of, not partially full of truth and then full of grace. It's full of truth and grace. John 1 says that. So we have to know that both full truth and both full grace matter. And how are we doing with that? Because we get to do both well. It sounds like a challenge, Todd. I mean, how, how, yeah. how, there's it's a daunting thought to say I, I need to be full of grace and full of truth and yeah yeah i mean i get to be but I, yeah yeah, the, yeah yeah you're right it's it's and certainly and great point this is not about you know how am i i better get there tomorrow but more no i get to know that god comforts me in both moves uh and how am i you know knowing that i'm enough in him and deferring and depending am i refining my dependence on him in that uh but i do think it's really good to just look at like hey what do i notice about my style and if that I is am, a great observation. Yeah. Yeah. Slow it down and look at it. Because that's when we know, well, then we really see some transformative moves of, man, I've been like 
really sitting at my spouse too much emotionally. I've been like being Mrs. or Mr. Flawfinder like 24-7. I saw that growing up. Boy, thanks for you know showing me that Holy Spirit. Let me take back and look at what I'm for with them and affirm them more. Or, you know, I've been enduring a really challenging relationship with my parent that's really, as I look at it, fairly abusive, and I've been enduring it, and now I'm enduring something in my own marriage that's not good, and I need to kind of bring it more and be, you know, more assertive. And so let's slow it down and see where we land on that behavioral chart. Are we more passive in our orientation? Are we more aggressive? Are we leaning into being assertive, which is full of truth and full of grace? Mm -hmm. When you hear things like, can I be brutally honest? That, that's usually never a good start. <laughs> well, especially if it's somebody that's always honest anyway. Like, you know, well, well, are th- I, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, yeah, cause, no, that's a good point. Like, even the passive person. So, one of the dilemmas of the passivity is like, is they over, you know, is they, they go in, 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 and once in a while, boom, you know, they come out with stuff that's like had 10 years of material in there. Yeah. And they overcook on something that was a nickel and dime thing. Yeah. Right. And so, and that could be the case for the person. Hey, I've been sitting on this for a while, and now I'm going to... Can I be brutally honest with you? Most of the time, you're more brutal than you are honest. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And That's let's talk, true. Let's talk about the nickel and dime stuff. If you deal with mm. those, they don't turn into bigger change. They don't. And, and bigger expenditures, because a lot of the times you go, well, it's just a nickel or a dime. Eh, I'll get over it. I, I don't have to deal with it. But doesn't that... Isn't it better to have some small little mm. disagreements and small little things that can solve those nickel and dime problems? Yeah, I find myself saying to people and myself, like, I'm going to either address that with my friend or my spouse, or I am going to actually let it go, but I do not have the option mm. of throwing it into my resentment account. So if I'm like going to let that. it go. That I'm not deferring to Jesus. I'm, I'm letting him hold me in it and release that to him as we're supposed to release our cares to him. But God, thank you for releasing me. And have I really forgiven that person? Or I go, I'm just bringing that to God, but I'm still holding that against you. You know, what is the truth there? And if I'm holding it against every single time, in my opinion, that's on me, if I'm holding against. So I'm going to address the nickel and dime stuff and clarify, because sometimes, to your point, Bill, the nickel and dime thing is just nickel and dime. And, oh, I thought you meant that the way you talked to me, but... Thanks for clarifying. You know, mm-hmm. You've heard me talk about clarifying conversations. Yeah. Sometimes that can clean up the mess. Review that because that's so good. Yeah. So I say something to my wife and she took it like, ooh, look at what? She, whoa, she went there with that. Like I didn't, but I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, Laura's really good at, she'll say like, she'll say, you know, what she's feeling like that. But let's say you're in a relationship where you say something and it, by the time it gets from your mouth to your spouse's brain, they go, whoop, somewhere with it that you didn't intend, but there they go. And mm-hmm. you don't know where they're going. I mean, they it seemed like it went fine, but then the next day it's kind of icy in the home and ooh, right? So then I would ask the person who is icing the other person out to come and say, gal, yesterday when you said this, my mind went here with what you were saying. Was that your intention? And most of the time it's like, gal, no, I, I really, it wasn't my intention. Thanks for clarif- Thanks for bringing up what you were actually how you received that. Here's what my intention was, and then we're for each other quicker, and we clean that up. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer in clarifying. So I get, you know, fairly strong about it, Bill. Where I say, if I'm going to assume something negative about this friend of mine who said something to me, because I think you know, I think they were intending that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
They've done that before. Oh, yeah, there my spouse goes again. Yeah, I know what they're doing. You know? If I'm going there, mm-hmm. I am better go out with that to that person because that's my accountability as a Christian to bring that out versus keep it in. And passive people can keep it in and then hold against. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring it out and see where it goes and at least let them in where my mind went and try to clarify, try to get clarification what their intention was. Do passive people like texting? Yeah. I, and I, again, doesn't mean aggressive people don't, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's a little easier for the non kind of face to face stuff, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes that's a nice vehicle if we've just had, you know, World War Three in the home for a while, we need to time out, we're going to email a little bit, but I'm still a fan of not doing that nearly as much. I'm more of a fan of like, Trying to sit down and do Bill Arnold's rules of engagement where here we go, let's just try to create an environment where we're <laughs> having some type of... Did you of read di- the, the, the book I didn't write? <laughs> <laughs> You've talked about it in here. I'm just throwing some props your way. Oh, thank you. Know? you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Any, anytime you make me look good, Todd, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate it. Todd Mulliken is my guest. You can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com. Todd, can a, a question from a listener, can an abused child become a passive adult. Mm, oh my. So in so many ways, right? They they grew up with uh, a lot of inti- feelings of intimidation, feelings of unworth, feelings of uh, not being enough and, you know, having mild, moderate or severe levels of trauma from that. So they go into the rest of their world feeling like that. And then oftentimes when they are re-exposed to a situation that kind of feels the same way, they go right back to that trauma trigger of not feeling enough and feeling abused. And passivity uh, will be the way to go because the alcoholic parent was not in their right mind when they were drinking. So I'm certainly not going to light that match. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just keep that in. And then uh, unfortunately, the, the enduring of the abuse can continue that way. I don't want to say like, every abused person becomes passive because some abused people become really like ragey and really like painfully, um, you know, really angry outwardly because of the pain they've been through. But Mm. yes, to answer the question specifically, an abused child can develop a passive Mm -hmm. orientation. Mm -hmm. Very interesting topic, Todd Mulliken. We're discussing passivity. And if you have a question and there's many coming in, now, this next question, I think, is going to take a little more time, and I don't want to cut you off because we're coming up against a break here. Um, but if you have a question for Todd, you can text it over to me at 877-933-2484. Again, that number is 877-933-2484. And we're having such an exciting month coming up here at Faith Radio. We've got our one child coming up. And that event is happening on the 19th and the 20th. If you've ever thought about sponsoring a child and making a significant difference in the life of someone overseas, I did it last year, and I'm having a blast communicating with my little guy. And it's uh, very satisfying and making a difference. And you can do that one child at a time. That's coming up the 19th and the 20th of this month. I'm looking forward to that. Those are always really great stories. But again, Todd Mulliken is my guest, toddmulliken.com is his website. You can go learn about about his services and the books that he's written and what he has available for people like us. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Todd Mulliken.
a mysterious star in the sky. It's bright like one and shines like one. A baby lying in a manger. There he is, after all this time. And a fulfilled promise. You will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. In Fulfillment is a biblical audio drama, over 40 voice actors, and the fulfilled moments of Jesus' life. Search In Fulfillment wherever you listen to podcasts, or just go to MyFaithRadio.com. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. If you just joined us, welcome. Todd Mulliken is my guest. We're on the topic of passivity today. I got a question for you, Todd. This is from an anonymous listener, so I will call her Kari. Um, would like to know if passivity and submissiveness are comparable or different. Mm. Yeah, I would say more different. Right, passivity is has its roots in avoidance. Right, so when we're passive about something, we're avoiding something. Mm-hmm. You know, s- submitting to an authority or to each other in our marriage, we're, you know, we're uh, actively coming alongside, but we're not really avoiding, if that makes any sense. So I think, I think uh, healthy submission is, uh, is not passivity, right? Passivity is more of, it has an avoidant kind of posture to it and not addressing issues. Mm-hmm. It's a great question, though. It's really easy to get those combined. It's a great question. All right, here's another one that just came in. How does one not feel guilty when confronting a controlling person? Hmm. Yeah, oftentimes I think people feel guilty because they, because the controlling person might be very sensitive to what the passive person is bringing up. Because sometimes controlling people are anxious people who are uh, feeling out of control, so they lean in uh, and create structures so they feel in control. That's an example. And so usually the passive person, for example, the passive person probably wouldn't feel guilty if they address something with, a, let's say, a controlling person. The controlling person said, oh, thanks for bringing that up. That one, I appreciate that. They wouldn't be asking that question. Does that make sense? So the passive person is way too de- defined by how it is received. Does that make sense? They're, mm-hmm. They overthink how it's going to be received, and that's kind of the marker of whether it was the right thing to do or not. And now when we do when we do that, we're giving all the power to the other person and how they're receiving or not versus... So one of the things I talk with passive people about is be inside out versus outside in. Here's who I am as a child of God and Jesus, and I feel like I'm you know, deferring to the Holy Spirit. He's my advocate. Uh, I'm just bringing it out in the day because I get to. Let's go. And, oh, I'm bumping into, oh, this person, yeah, I felt kind of controlled by that, and I felt that way for a while. I'm just going to bring that out. And, boy, they really were offended by that. Oh, I, yeah. But I, so the inside-out person isn't defined by how it's received because they're empathetic. They go, yeah, this might not be received well, but I know my intention is good. So that makes sense. So empathy still gives them a power in Jesus to be understanding of why the other person might not have received it well, but I know my intention was okay because I usually don't bring this stuff up. Uh, so that's so hopefully they can relieve, release themselves from guilt because the truth was that their intention was pure. 
Their intention of why they brought it up was pure. Now, if the intention was to be passive-aggressive and kind of cut the other person off and, you know, say it nice but really be have that undercurrent, like we talked about with passive-aggressive behavior, of really being aggressive about it but indirectly, like, you know, oh, I... I didn't realize it was that big a deal. Sorry, I was late. Well, that well, that's not you know that's not right. really an apology. That's a right. So, I think to answer the question clearly and quickly is like uh, I really don't have a reason to feel guilty unless my motivate unless my motive was not pure. All right. So if the other person doesn't receive it well. If you will, it's not like, oh, I get to, that's not on me, but kind of. I mean, because my intention was good and I, you know, I prayed it up and my intention was good. Now, if it didn't go well and I feel guilty about it, I can say, yeah, it felt like that went poorly for you and it wasn't my intent and that needs to be good enough too. But again, if the person who is receiving the bill is really struggling with some levels of emotional or mental health issues or just having a horrific day, um, you know, that's that's not on the person who brought it up. It's not. Yeah. All right. Todd Mullican is my guest. Here's another comment. I've got a couple of comments, Todd. So yeah. Um, I'm just trying to navigate through infidelity between two of my children's spouses with each other, and it is extremely hard. And I just keep feeling lots of anger and not knowing which way to go in this direction. Yeah, boy, and it's a great question. There's and a head of steam, right? Yeah, and it's a common topic, and the best thing I can tell that person, because I see it a lot, and that is, like, my goal there is to walk alongside each of my kids, not give them advice, not make demands on their spouse, not take on the hurt. Now, these are all, like, not easy asks, sorry. Mm-hmm. But what usually would happen, like, if that happened to one of my kids, I'm sure I'd have the same kind of, woo, I'd be all in, right? I'd want to assert myself in the middle of that. Why do I deal with that? But the key there is we got to know for sure in both situations, both kids are taking on a lot already. And my goal is just to be present, have a meal, say, how are you doing? Anything, what can I do? Anything you need from me, honey? You know, just walk alongside versus take on. Walk alongside versus give unsolicited advice. You know, don't give any advice unless asked because your own hurt, my own hurt, would be louder than what my kid is going through. Does that make sense? I've got to just really be present for my kid and be the safest place for my kid that's going through something really horrific. Mm-hmm. Todd, here's a comment that came in, and I would love your response to it. And the listener, John, said, we have to think about the relationship at the moment of the conversation versus the overall truth as it may be applied to our culture at the time. We may be mad about what is going on overall, but it's not that person's fault who we may be talking to so we may lose the opportunity to be a witness for truth if we are too hard and harsh in our tone. Boy, love that. I do. I just think that's right. I think our job is not to be, you know, avoidant, but it's also not to be tone deaf, like John is saying. Like, I need to be, in my opinion, the Christ follower. That is, I am walking alongside, I'm listening to understand, I'm asserting my view for sure. Uh, but I'm also knowing, like, you know, my goal is still the Great Commission. That is my goal. And in that, it's going to be trying to understand where that person's coming from and what is their story. And if I can bring that into each moment, like John is saying, and I'm 
I'm very fortunate if I can be able to do that with God's help. So, Todd, does passivity, what is at the root of it? Is it fear? What, what would you say yeah, it is? Well, again, as at the top of the show, I kind of talked about in some cases it is kind of a, a natural, uh, if you will, genetic makeup of inhibition. Does that make sense? So some people are naturally inhibited, a little bit more risk-averse just naturally, you know, and then also maybe due to life circumstances. And so sometimes it can be that. Sometimes it can be just a natural tendency to be more inhibited, risk-averse, not try to create any waves. And sometimes it can be due to life experiences that have happened that when I have tried to assert myself, quote-unquote, didn't go well, so I'm a bit you know, nervous about stepping out into that. So again, it can be a, a both and. It can be either kind of a genetic kind of, or, you know, a historical pattern in my family, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or it can be kind of a experience I keep having in certain relationships I'm in. Because mm-hmm. the other thing that tends to happen is passive people tend to also um, defer a fair amount. And so they end up sometimes being with people that are more aggressive. And, uh, you know, not like, hey, I can't wait to be with a really overly aggressive person today, but they sometimes will defer, 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 and then that person they're with is unintentionally, sometimes, is usually unintentional, continues to take, 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 and then now they're stuck in that. And I see that a lot, too, just randomly, Bill, with people that might come in for, they're at halftime in life, they're 40 to 50, and they're, um, they just notice their friendships are really like, whoa, I'm just like, golly, I'm going through a hard time and like nobody's there and everybody's just bringing it back to them. And then so I talk about the journey of their friendships and we kind of hear that that person has been just kind of, you know, everything to that other person, which is beautiful and Christ following and all that, but they haven't let the other people into what they really need too. And so that's the other part, hallmark of passive behavior is we kind of, we we never talk about our own needs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes as a Christian, I can, in my opinion, misinterpret that, you know, saying, well, it can't be about me. You know, Um, I die to self and, you know, I'm for Christ and all that is true. But in the dying to self, I'm also knowing that, you know, how God sees me and what God desires for me is to be authentic and honest, just like Jesus was in hard situations. Todd, are there any warning signs that a passive person is headed your direction? If I were to say something like, well, Todd, I I hope you don't mind me saying or... Or if it's okay with you, um, I'd like to suggest something. Is that being passive or am I just, what am I doing right there? No, you're, you're teeing up. Usually that's the passive person with a lot of coaching. <laughs> you know, they're trying, right? <laughs> they're, they're trying to come right. out to play. And so I would say, sorry, go ahead. We're well, no, I mean, that, yeah. or the person that would say, um, all right, I, I, I could be wrong. I'm no expert, you know. But here it is. <laughs> you know, is that another sign of a passive person heading your direction? Yes, for okay. sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then we would know like, hey, you know, they're fine in their voice. Let's go. And I always tell person that's more direct, if they're with somebody indirect, instead of kind of holding against them, hey, they're freezing me out, they're freezing me out, they're freezing me out. Well, they might be, or they just might be overthinking and not know what to say. Now, it's not your job to change that person, but it could be your job. I always tell the people that are more direct, you know, uh, Tell the other person what to do less and ask them how they feel more. Mm-hmm. I like you know, that. Tell them what to do less and ask them how they feel more. Mm-hmm. You know, draw them out, not because you have to, but because you get to. Yeah. You know, you you feel comfortable with your language, with your words, with your ability to assert feelings and thoughts. And so I ask that kind of person, just 
be grateful you're like that because that, you know, it's not normal for everybody. So I think sometimes passive people get a bad rap, especially the last 20 years in like the self-help field. Like every passive person is all these horrible things. Mm-hmm. Well, some passive people just, that's just all, they, you don't know what to do, right? And they're stuck in it or they're even, you know, they're just, they avoid and they're just stuck. Yeah. It's, that makes sense. It so, does. Do you yeah. ever hear this in your office when you're counseling couples? When somebody might say relationships, they shouldn't require so much effort. Mm. If we're supposed to be together, things should just work out. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you hear oh. stuff like that, or is that is that someone that is uh, kind mm. of a taking a passive approach? They just want. They just believe things should happen. Yeah, no, that's a good way. That's a good way of avoidance. Yeah. It. Yeah. It, no, that's typically more of the framework of a passive person, to be sure. Okay. Yeah, well said. Yeah. Can you, ex- this question that came in, can you explain the term, and I've never heard this before, passive suicide? Mm. Do you even know what that means? I, 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 don't, don't, I, I, I don't know. That's what, the first time I've ever seen those words uh, together. Uh, yeah, I'd have to understand what they mean more by that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I can go to some ways that what they might be thinking. Well, there. we don't have like, to speculate. No, but can... I would say in general, the suicidality usually is impulsivity and hopelessness. Those are the two key like factors that we look for as we want. But so the passive might, might be like there's, so if they're talking actually about that type of behavior, there might be a, a passivity that can come in like depressive episodes, more of a passive kind of orientation towards mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just not wanting to live. And then how do I how do I deal with that? Yeah. So, what about when people will say yes, but they really don't mean it? Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. say to me, "Can you give me a ride to the airport at six o'clock tomorrow morning?" <laughs> and I say, "Well, I've got a really busy day." Um. But I suppose I can. All right. Now that's sound a little passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? Yes. Right. Yeah. P.S. Yeah. Never call me for a ride at six a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I got that. I'm writing it down. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Yeah. You, you say yes when you really would rather say yeah, no. Let you, yeah. That's mean, passive. Uh, that's passivity, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, assertive is mean what you say and say what you mean. Yeah. Right. And that's always. Yeah, that's really what works. Love must be sincere, Romans twelve nine. You know, in your anger, do not sin. But it's before that, it says, do not speak falsely to your neighbor. Like, so be honest. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But be honest with, with love. So, yeah, be honest. But, no, nah, 6 a.m. is just too early. I love you, but yeah, I won't get, be able to do get that. Get later flights. Don't, don't ever do that, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be back with Todd Mulliken. You can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com. Todd, spell your name for us. M-U-L-L-I-K-E-N. I mean, I knew that as well, but I thought I'd let you say it, you know? Make me work less, okay? I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. The text line is open. If you have a question about passivity, 877-933-2484. Please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible gift to Faith Radio before the year ends. You can give now by texting the word GIVE to 877-933-2484 or join the support team at MyFaithRadio.com. Thank you.
Todd Mulliken is my guest. He's a counselor, a professor, and author. ToddMulliken.com is where you learn more about Todd. See his good-looking picture. And Todd, before the break, you were talking about say what you mean, mean what you say. Always very important to go that way. So if you were to say to me, for example, invite me to dinner. Say, say, say to me, would you like to go to dinner? Hey, Bill, I'm done, you know, at six tonight. Do you want to grab dinner? No, let me think. I don't know. I had kind of a big lunch. And I'd, uh, I know I want to get to sleep early tonight. And there's hockey <laughs> There's hockey on. Well, there's hockey. Well, I might come over and oh, watch no, no, hockey you're with not. you. No, oh, you don't make them over. Oh. No, no, I don't oh. want you over. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's kind of that passivity that can make people a little crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and some people will say, well, I'm just thinking out loud. Mm-hmm. Well, we're good friends, so I'm thinking out loud. But, you know, Rosie, you were saying over the break that and that's when we say things that we can't repeat all the time on the air, because <laughs> that makes you a little crazy too, doesn't it? It absolutely makes me crazy. Yeah. We have a conversation line in our house, which is when that starts going on, like, do you want to go rollerblading? Well, sure, but, and then all the things. Yeah. Like, what's on the bottom of your shoe? But my enthusiasm for rollerblading, yeah. now you there can't you go. go. Yeah. Right? It's frustrating. All right. Uh, Todd, maybe a couple of anecdotes. I got some other great quotes coming well, in. Go ahead. Well, what do you think? Oh, first of all, I love airport runs. Send them to me. Okay, there you go. <laughs> there you go. You, my friend, just got booked. All right. Um, and can you recommend any books on this topic to heal mm. from being passive? Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I do think the the Boundaries book by Cloud and Townsend is still really good. That is a great book. Those are just moves. That's one of the offensive moves I talk about is we get to set boundaries. <laughs> we get to come towards. I know but, Henry a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. said, uh, last time I saw him, I said, hey, Henry, I, I read your book and I hated it. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, wow, you really did read it. <laughs> he goes, I think he says a lot of people say that they read his book, but they don't. They don't. No. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. He has such a great spirit about him, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. He's really solid. No, I like that book because that helps you come towards situations. Your boundaries are clarity markers for us. So that'd be a book I'd recommend for sure. All the boundaries books. Yeah, my cloud and those are good. Great. Those they are really, really are good. Solid. Books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think one of the uh, biggest antidotes is just knowing that I get to be honest about the beautiful things in life and the hard things in life. I, I just get honesty today prevents problems tomorrow. It might cause a problem today. But I've found overall, Bill, when passive people are honest. More often, their direct tone and direct insight will be more received by the person they're with. And if it's not, it'll still be heard by the person they're with, if that makes any sense. Because what usually happens is the passive people keep it inside. So how am I just being honest today about the beautiful things and the hard things? And I just get to do that. I get to start being honest. Because most passive people are accused of being liars, right? And they're not. But sometimes they will avoid what they're actually feeling to avoid the conflict, right? Or to not want to hurt the other person's feelings. Or And the person that's usually the truth teller, they just want to know what the truth is. They don't, they'd rather hear the truth than have it held in. So that's the first thing is just run towards honesty and see the freedom in that and know that God is with you and that authentic, honest kind of posture. 
Mm-hmm. The second one I mentioned earlier is kind of being being more of an inside out versus an outside in person. So a lot of passive people are defined by, like I mentioned, how it's going to go. So the outside person they're with is going to define what they do. So now they're defined by the person they're with versus who whose they are in Christ. You know, so remember my identity is in Christ. And I start there with my inside-out movement where I'm just being authentic in Jesus towards this person I care about or I'm struggling with it I care about, but I'm bringing it out versus, well, if I say this, then they'll do that. Passive people are in their spouses or their friends or their family members' heads a lot. They're in the other person's head a lot. They usually know what the other person feels, but they don't know what they feel. Mm. as much. So it's important for the passive person just to sit with that feeling with the Holy Spirit. What am I actually feeling here, God? Am I am I actually just afraid or am I afraid of how it's going to go? And so I just get to bring my inside thought out. So I've had a lot of success with couples where the passive person says, yeah, I, I feel like addressing this, but I just haven't past 34 years. So I feel like I'm just not going to do it again, but I'm thinking about it now, right? I'm I'm addressing the fact that I've been keeping that stuff in and I've been afraid of how it's going to go. And now I want to just be less afraid of how it's going to go because I'm for you and I love you and frustrated with what's been going on. So inside out versus outside in mm-hmm. is another one. Mm-hmm. That's important. Okay. Here's a question that popped in. Todd, how does procrastination work with passivity? Yeah. So I did the causes and cures for procrastination one time at a church. And it was a Saturday morning at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday before the Saturday, I got a call from the church, said there's only three people signed up and there's a, it's a room full of 50. So we'll probably have to cancel. I said, Norm, I, I said, no problem, but. Why don't you think about what the topic is? <laughs> <laughs> Procrastination. Right, and you can't make it up. But, yeah. You know, so there's 43 people there on Saturday morning. Right. So, um, yeah, so usually what people do with procrastination is they, I mean, it can be, a, it's a common feature with ADHD because people, ADHD people are typical starters, not finishers. They have a hard time following through. And But it's also common for perfectionists and passive people because they're avoiding, 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 putting off the stuff that's hard. Wait, 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 wait until the deadline's there, then you just got to go, right? So they just avoid. And when you avoid, you're more vulnerable to procrastination. Mm-hmm. To be sure. So, yeah. Any steps listeners can take that are maybe thinking right now, I might be passive and I want to take a small step towards being less passive and I can start tonight. Yeah. I think I would. I would sit down... You know, and just get in a time of prayer if they have a, a moment or two to do that and just kind of pray about the day and review kind of the work discussions they had, review the family discussion they had, review the friendship discussion they had. And did they find like there was a couple of things that they wanted to say, but they didn't? And not to overthink that, but just to then say, hey, God, what do you think that was about for me? So they're starting to just slow down and in their spiritual practice of prayer they're bringing the Lord in and looking at their situations and saying, I just get to say what's on my mind a little bit more about something that was wonderful that I didn't think need to be brought up because I didn't want, I didn't need to bring it up. Um, but I just get to, I get to find my voice a little bit more in my life. And that would be the first step I would have for people to do is in their prayer time, bring the Holy Spirit in just as a comforter and reviewing their conversations of the day and just what they're noticing. And then their first step is just to start finding their voice more. 
uh, in each of their relationships slowly, and then seeing how that goes. And that could be very liberating. Oh, it could it's, be very exciting. It's very freeing because you're very freeing. Yeah. Because when we have, when we take on the mess, then our bodies, you know, and God didn't make us for that. And our bodies get anxious and we get panicky, and it's just hard. So we get to release that and and know that God is with us. Um, as we're bringing truth out into the world with the freedom of Christ, because our identity is in Christ, so he's got this with us, even if it's tricky and difficult. Mm -hmm. Todd, it's hard to hear that there would be a couple that would come into your office and someone would say, I've been thinking about addressing this for 30 years. I know. That's that's a lifetime. It is. And And then what? uh, Yeah, well then, you know, you get... You, you get to start and get to realize transformation takes time. You know, it doesn't happen overnight, but it can change a generation. So I've always tell couples, you know, around my age, even that are coming in, hey, you know, just so you know, the change you're making now does affect the next generation in your home. It just does, because that's the way God works. Yeah. So it does. We see that. So it's also, it's always a double dividend there. It helps you, but it also helps that, you know, the people that are in your life, because that's the way God works. Mm-hmm. So there's goodness in that. Mm-hmm. This is an interesting topic. Todd, that uh, you have brought to us today, and uh, I know there's plenty of people listening that are feeling that they're either passive or they're involved with someone who is passive, and I'm sure there's been some emotions that have been brought to the surface. So, yeah, for any, sure. Any parting thoughts for those yeah. who might be feeling those emotions mm. right now? Yeah, and just to know that, you know, we... You know, we talked about this a few times ago where that Philippians 4, 6, and 7 stuff, right, where, you know, be anxious about nothing but by prayer and petition bring, you know, bring God into it, if you mm-hmm. will. And so I find myself when I'm ruminating too much, realizing, oh, let me just bring the Lord in first. So bring the Lord in for sure and just sit with the Holy Spirit and listen and see what he has to say, you know, and let him hold you, let him comfort yeah. you. And that's just huge. In- engage with Scripture. For sure. Engage with scripture and let God speak to you because he will. Because he will. Because he will. He does. He'll bring you the strength and courage you need. Yeah. Todd, thank you so much. Thanks, Bill, for having me. I hope I see you again. Yes. uh, In the next month or two. Would love to. Awesome. Todd Mulliken has been my guest. And you can learn more about Todd at toddmulliken.com. We'll have a great second hour just ahead. We're going to do a little bit of study at the book of John, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26 with Pastor Brent Kuhlman. And then a little surprise in the second half hour. That's all next. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.